Welcome back to our podcast about farm workers, agriculture, and the pandemic, and how these three things relate and interconnect in the Salinas Valley. During the pandemic, many people took the time to thank essential workers, such as doctors and nurses, for the work they were doing while many of us were in lockdown. Some locals in this area felt that farm workers were being overlooked when it came to thanking people who were essential, considering that it is the work of the farm workers that kept grocery stores stocked. As pointed out in our last episode, we all need to eat three times a day. The Watsonville Campesino Appreciation Caravan, in part started by our interviewee today, Ruby Vasquez, was one such way to show appreciation. Through signs, thankful voices on a microphone, information, and smiles, they tried to let campesinos know that the community valued them. The reason, the main reason why we began the caravan was to show appreciation for this group of essential workers that have historically been left out of that, you know, that narrative of being an essential worker. You know, so back in the back in in 2020 when when um, we were seeing on TV um, and reading in the newspapers that, you know, um, people would be lining up outside, you know, the hospitals to applaud the nurses as they left and the doctors or, you know, people taking cupcakes or, you know, goodies to um, the firefighters or the police officers and, 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 and the medical um, uh, workers. And when we were seeing that that was happen- happening, we thought, wow, how great, you know, how beautiful to show that appreciation for these folks who who are, you know, on the front line. But then, you know, um, we all, we were on a Zoom meeting, we were just like on a social Zoom meeting, and um, we all just started asking our, amongst ourselves, like, well, what about, like, Los Campesinos? Many of us, you know, grew up here in Watsonville, many of us worked the fields here in Watsonville, um, many of our parents, you know, um, were and still are campesinos. And we thought about it and thought, hey, why why isn't this group being thanked? You know, like, why aren't anybody going out and, and giving them goodies, you know? And so um, one of the, uh, the people on the, one of the, one of our friends on the call said, hey, well, why don't we do, why don't we just do a caravan? Like, why don't we just go out with our signs and drive by the fields and honk our horns and and show our signs you know so that's how it started and um we went out that first time not even knowing what the heck we were doing and um we did take though we did take with us a a a system a sound system um so that we were able to every time we stopped not only were they seeing the signs that we uh, painted but they were hearing our voices you know and so I would run up to the mic and, and just say, gracias, you know, apreciamos el trabajo. Ustedes son trabajadores esenciales. You know, you are essential workers and we appreciate your work. And I would say it in Spanish. And Angela, one of our team members, would say it in Mixteco Bajo. And that's how the first one happened. You know, um, we, were, we were kind of fearful that we would get stopped by the police because if you remember back then, you know, uh, everyone was really trying to keep uh, strict the um, the COVID um, safety uh, protocols. And so the fact that we were like, you know, uh, I think we were maybe 11 or 12 cars, you know, driving slowly, um, stopping, you know, we didn't know what, how it would be um, t- 
taken, but um, it was it was it was taken very well, you know. So um, that was our first um, attempt to do a caravan, and um, we continued to proceed to to do it that way. We had many people who contacted us because as soon as we put the photos on Facebook, everybody was like, "Dang, you know, thank you for doing this, and how can we help? How can we join you?" We had people, you know, uh, Facebooking from all over the place saying, we want to join you, you know, and we were like, you know, because the protocols were so strict and we knew the numbers in Watsonville were going up, we thought, no, we need to keep this, you know, just our community. And if you all want to, um, you know, start something, um, do it, you know, do it for your essential workers, whether they're campesinos or whether they're the ones cleaning the hospitals, you know, whether they're the ones cleaning the hotels or the ones, you know, that are still out there in the front uh, you know, uh, going out to work every day. They don't have that privilege of staying home. So um, we put together a document that that says, you know, what to do before a caravan, what to do during a caravan, and what to do after a caravan. And we started seeing that people were accessing it. And we actually got several calls from folks like um, in Salinas, um, Gilroy, I think it was Gilroy. And then, um, oh my gosh, is it Brentwood? I think it's Brentwood. There's a group that they started calling themselves Hijas del Campo. And they called us. And, you know, we did jump on a Zoom meeting with the folks in Salinas and then with them also, the Hijas del Campo. And um, and they just wanted to know, like, okay, what do we do? You know, how did you guys do this? And just to support them, you know, and, and share what we had learned. And, um, and yeah, so then, yeah, so we that was the beginning. It was just literally a caravan. You know, we would go out. We started getting a little smarter, and so what we would do, some of us would would go and scope out the fields, you know, and say, okay, well, over here, you know, on Riverside, there's, you know, three cuadrillas, and on, on Beach Street, there's, you know, four cuadrillas, and so we would kind of have a plan of where we were going to drive to. And then we started, you know, once we would get to the, to the work site, um, we would have opportunity to talk, you know, we, so we always took with us, we started also taking with us packets of information because back then also at the beginning, much of the COVID information wasn't being given in Spanish. And so, um, and a lot of the uh, campesinos just weren't in those areas where they could access or, or receive a flyer, you know, because everybody was sheltered in place, right? If you're not working, you know, you're going to be in your home. And so what we started doing is putting together a, a packet of information from um, several of our local um, community-based organizations that were you know, putting together these great flyers with the COVID safety um, information, with uh, resources um, um, that you know, people can access. And we started passing those out to make sure folks had um, access to them. Um, and then as we would pass them out, like one of us would always run find the mayordomo, give it to them, ask them to please distribute. And then we started, you know, asking, like, you know, ¿Qué tal si podemos venir durante un, una, you know, hora de lonche y hablar con los campesinos, you know? Um, so that's how we started doing what we called Adopt a Cuadrilla. We um, started asking for permission to go onto the premises, the work site, um, to be able to uh, talk to the the agricultural field workers during their lunch, they have a half hour lunch, and so um, we thought, hey, you know, if we're going to ask for their time 
for a half hour to listen to us, um, the least we could do is take a lunch. You know, so so we started getting um, work sites opening up to us, and we were able to. We have one of our um, members, Guillermina Porras, who's very connected. She used to work these fields. Now she works for Salud para la gente, and Salud para la gente from the get go started. Um, partnering, well, connecting with us, and, and they would send out Guillermina as one of their, um, like, educational, um, what do you call them, like, a liaison, mm-hmm. you know, so she would, she would um, um, not only find many of the work sites that we've gone to, but she would then, you know, uh, when, we're, when we're talking to the workers, give them all the information about all the resources that Salud para la Gente offers, and they offer a lot, a lot of good resources. And um, so, you know, that's how that grew into to that type, what we're doing now, which is we get to the ranch, we um, set up tables, we uh, got a great deal for, you know, super-sized burritos and water from De La Colmena, one of our local uh, taquerias, and um, they gave us such a great deal that, you know, we've been going to them, and... Um, they would bring out the lunch and we would uh, then people started donating things like you know donating all kinds of stuff school supplies um personal hygiene you know household cleaning products uh, ppe um just lots of stuff children's books you know children's art supplies uh we just started getting the community you know supporting us in that way and so we would just we just would set up tables and as the campesinos, you know, sat and had their lunch and heard us uh, give out the information. Um, then they would go by and, um, you know, pick up the items and, and, and take them home. Currently, we're also now part, uh, partnering with the um, Second Harvest Food Bank. And so they send out, like, really nice boxes of, of uh, food, good produce and, and, and food um, items like rice and beans. And, and we take those out, too. And Pajaro Valley Unified School District has also been a great partner. The Extended Learning Program, they've been great. They they put together these bags of children's literature books, um, children's art kits, you know, science kits. And and then they send out their staff, and they, they, they're able to give it to the campesinos age level appropriate for their children. So um, so that's what we're that's what we're doing right now. And you touched on this a little bit, but why is this important to you? I mean, obviously, these people are incredibly important, essential workers who are often under-recognized, but for you personally, why was this something you wanted to take on? So, you know, for for me personally, you know, my parents, um, they own uh, strawberries. They, my parents have a little patch of strawberries um, in Moss Landing, Vasquez Farms. And that's the work that they've done. That's the work we did on the weekends, you know, um, to support their business. You know, we would go out and pick strawberries. And right now my parents, you know, they're elderly. And that's what they love to do is they love to continue to, um, you know, work in in the agricultural uh, area. And so right now what they do is they go out to the farmer's markets to sell their berries. And... um, so it's personal in that way. You know, my grandma, my grandmother um, started the strawberry business in our family. So, like, you know, when she was raising her family, she was a single mom. And um, 
you know, had la- had bought some land and started planting strawberries. So strawberries has been what has fortified our family. You know, that's where, that's how we made it here was through strawberries. And as an educator here in Watsonville, many of the families that I serve and the children that I teach, um, they're all, you know, coming from the Campesino uh, family background. And, and, and we know, I know, I mean, those of us in the caravan, we know it's a, a, a noble job. We know that, you know, um, it's a hard job. And, you know, we don't see people lining up to take these jobs. You see the signs right now on many, you know, um, farms where they're asking for uh, pickers, you know, strawberry pickers. And, you know, people aren't lining up to get to take those jobs. And, um, but it's a good job, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good job. And it's a hard job, though. And it's just one of, unfortunately, it's one of those, in, in, in this, what we call our first world, you know, uh, country where that job which is which is really what sustains every one of us because we eat the fruit we eat the vegetables you know um and yet it just doesn't have that status and so it was important to all of us that we even if it was for this covid time you know that as many campesinos as possible would hear somebody saying thank you you know, gracias. And when we go out, we say, you know, it's not just us. There are so many people in this community who have donated, who have given, you know, uh, funds, um, items, products, and they're saying thank you too. So um, what's been the most touching when we're out there is seeing that some of the comp- some of the agricultural field workers are elderly. I mean, we're elderly individuals. And um, they'll say, you know, nadie, nadie, nunca, nadie nos ha dicho gracias. You know, nobody has ever told us thank you. And then they thank us for, you know, thanking them. So um, it's just personal like that for me, you know, and I think for many of our of our team members, it's it's just because we we, we know what, the, what that job is. We, we saw our parents struggle through that. We saw them come home, you know, with those aches and pains, you know, and and yet there they were the next morning getting up and and going to work. Do you have thoughts, maybe briefly, on why they were not celebrated the way other essential workers were? You know, unfortunately, I think it's just, again, like the status and who, who's, who's doing the job. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, maybe had it been, you know, a... a you know, white folks, you know, doing the job, maybe they would have received, you know, some kind of, of uh, gratitude. Maybe they would, it would, the job would be receiving better health benefits, you know, better pay, um, better, you know, uh, housing, especially for these, for the, uh, the guest workers that come in, you know, um, you know, maybe things would have been better, you know, but I think it has to do with, you know, race plays a huge issue, a huge role in our society here and I think you know we can't you know pretend that you know it most likely has to do with that you know these are immigrant individuals you know immigrating from you know Mexico or you know other um, South American countries coming to do a job that just like I said it's considered 
a lower status job, unfortunately, because again, it's giving us the food that we need, and it's it's yeah, it's, yeah that's what I think. Yeah. And in speaking with some of these farm workers, did you get a sense of how perhaps the pandemic changed their lives? You know, um, I'm going to be honest. When we go. Um, there's very little opportunity to interact and, and to have a conversation. Um, we go, the 30 minutes go by quickly, so we're there to do what we need to do. And, and at the time, it was to get the information out that was so important about wearing the mask, about washing the hands, about the six-feet distance. You know, right now, the message is, you know, please get vaccinated. Um, and so there's a little time. But the things that I heard briefly, like, you know, I would just hear, like, some of the, the senoras, some of the, the, the men would say things like, you know, my wife isn't working this season because she's with the children because the children didn't go to school. They were doing the, you know, the homeschooling. And, um, and now I'm the only one earning, you know, earning money and... And they had worries about how they how they were going to be able to sustain themselves on just one one wage, you know. So we heard things like that, you know. We heard um, we heard um, lots of folks like as soon as Guillermina would talk about salud para la gente, people would approach her and just want to get more information about like you know how how to get the COVID test, you know. Um, right now it's like how to get the COVID vaccine, you know. So. Those are the kind of things that we, we hear. Personally, I haven't, I never had engaged in a conversation with with them. Just didn't have time. Just It just goes by so quickly. Yeah. And you're an educator. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about that and what you observed about um, maybe children of farm workers in your time as an educator and just um, maybe how your role as an educator intersects with your role in doing this caravan? So I should have mentioned that I'm a teacher on special assignment, and my special assignment is parent education. So I'm not an educator in a classroom at a school site. Mm-hmm. So the work I do is in parent education. And, you know, so my role as a parent educator was clearly to make sure, like, our parent, our district parent newsletter always had information about COVID, you know. Like, again, you know, the, the, the protocols about social distancing, mask wearing, we would do a lot of our messaging in Misteco Bajo also because we do have a, a, a nice-sized community in our school district of um, Misteco-speaking uh, families. Um, you know, we just wanted to make sure we, we did our, we did, um, you know, virtual meetings. We just wanted to keep parents involved in, with their child's schooling and, and yet always offer that little layer of COVID information. And so, like, right now, there's um, rental and utility assistance that it's happening. Um, so we're making sure we get that out to parents, you know. So that's how we've, that's that's what I've been able to do. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's in itself is wonderful. And what are some of your plans for the future? Are you thinking of continuing the caravan or maybe anything else coming up? So right now, currently, we are continuing. Um, we're actually in the process of hopefully, you know, going out, um, Wednesday, Thursday, no, sorry, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're working that out with the ranch in Moss Landing. Um, yeah, so we're, 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 we're hoping to continue. Um, again, we don't know how long, 
you know, maybe just until the funds that we have right now are are depleted and 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 COVID is not as um, what we call it, not as um, widespread. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not an, it's not as a, as bad of an issue as it had been, you know, because things are getting a little um, better, you know. Have you received any grants or anything like that? So, um, the grant that we just received was through the, um, the Community Foundation of Santa Cruz County, and that's going to give us, you know, a, a nice chunk of change to be able to continue to purchase the, <clears throat> the meals, because that's where most of the money gets spent. And then we're also going to be able to off, um, purchase um, um, $100, $100 gift cards that we're going to be able to give out um, to 100 uh, campesinos. And um, and so we're in the process of getting all that together. And yeah, so, and then we still have funds from our GoFundMe campaign that we're also using. And lastly, is there something or maybe even a few things that people who live in this community but are maybe not as familiar with campesinos that you wish they knew about the work that they do and just about their lives? Well, you know, I, I really wish that... Um, and I just get so emotional, I know, when I think about this, because people drive up and down the freeways or the roads, and, and, and I think we're just all so busy, you know, that we don't even realize that right outside our car door, you know, are people bending over day after day, sometimes in, you know, heat, uh, sometimes during the smoke, the fire season, you know, out there with the smoke. And I think people are just so used to not even seeing them, you know. So I, I just, I would, I would hope that when people pass by and they see a quadrilla, uh, a, a group of, of agricultural workers, that people could just even whisper or even just think it, you know, like just thank you. You know, just like thinking a thank you, you know, I think that will transmit in some way, you know, over um, if they have an op if you know if they have an opportunity to you know to to uh, support what we're doing, you know, they can always go onto our Facebook page. We still have an active GoFundMe. Um, they could contribute there, you know, but. I think it just would be great for folks to also, when when it's um, when there are um, um, opportunities to, you know, vote for certain changes, you know, whether they're in wages or whether in it's in health insurance or whether it's in housing for campesinos, whatever it is that people use their vote in uh, in a good way. And um, knowing that it would, it's going to benefit, you know, um, a group of people that often just get ignored and often just get forgotten about because, again, they're just these people who are, you know, bending over, picking the crops that we pass by in our car, and we just so many times just forget to even acknowledge them.
This podcast has been produced and edited by Angelica Cabral of the Salinas Californian, with support from Cheyenne Romero of the Visalia Times Delta. Thank you.